magical place we could go. So close your eyes and make a wish for the skies with the angriest, flappiest birds and the seas with ridiculous fish. The Dutch Arcade Show is here again. Hey guys, what is up? Welcome to the Touch Arcade Show, episode number 530. Uh, for our Patreon people, this is the return of the video version, at least for now, unless something goes wrong and we have to cut the cord and go back to audio only. Um, for everyone else, this is just a regular podcast like normal, but uh, we were absent last week, so apologies for that. And um, we're back with a vengeance this week. And thank you to myself for remembering this before we got too far into this. Uh, we have a sponsor this week. And so let me get this out of the way first and say this episode of the Touch Arcade Show is sponsored by The Day We Fought Space, available now uh, exclusively on iOS. We'll have a little, a uh, what's it called? We'll read an ad copy about halfway through the show for this game. But uh, they sponsored the show a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. And um, we talked about their game a little bit. It's finally out now. It's super awesome. It's uh, always feels weird to do sponsored stuff for a game that I genuinely like and would probably talk about anyway. So um, um, Alexis, anyway, thank you to them minutes. for sponsoring our uh, podcast this week. Starting now. What I got, did I do? I got did Alexa I on the case. No, that's me. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, totally spaced on the fact that we have a sponsor this week. So thank you to them for sponsoring. Um, where was I going with all this? Oh, speaking oh, yeah. of Alexa, I... Um, yeah. Oh, God, I can't, I can't keep saying that word. She's getting upset. Um, <laughs> I discovered that um, they released smart um, soap dispensers apparently during mm -hmm. covid and now they're cheap like i picked one up uh for like 30 bucks or something on amazon mm. and it links to your existing you know who ecosystem and mm -hmm. you can uh you can have it trigger uh you know who events based on soap dispensing so like you can have like when someone puts their hand under the soap, you can have, you know, who say like, oh, yeah, wash your hands, you filthy fucking pig or like, you know, <laughs> whatever, like whatever you want it to do, it will do. OK, but including like <laughs> like the, the example routines that they give you are like, oh, here's yeah. a 30 second uh, song about, you know, scrubbing up and stuff you know, for kids. But here's happy birthday twice. <laughs> that is not how it will be used at my house. Well, so you were like, oh, yeah, these soap dispensers got cheap. They're only $30. Well, <laughs> That's not cheap for a soap dispenser. They used to be 60 like, used to be If 60 it's one to control your friends, then that does seem cheap. Yeah, it's a small I just price think it'd be funny to have people at our house, like, using the bathroom and then go, go to wash their hands and have Alexa be telling them what a dirty thing they are. <laughs> <laughs> I can smell that dump you just took. It's so gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah. So anyway, totally lost my train of thought. But uh, prior to starting the show, we were uh, I was going to give a house update because I actually have updates on the house. Um, and especially because we were out last week. But things are moving forward. And um, we got all our drywall up in the house. And we got uh, all the taping done. 
and mudding. And then th- this coming week will be texturing. And then the exterior, the stucco is actually being finished today. Um, so the outside will be huh? done. And then the, the bones of the inside will be put back. And then all that's left after that is uh, painting, doing the floors, putting in our kitchen. And then we'll be, we'll be good to go. I went to so, great lengths to detexture my drywall. Oh, did you? Yeah. You know, it's funny because um, when I was... <laughs> I have done so much haggling with our contractor in the beginning over all this stuff where we add stuff and then I find out how much it costs and I say, no, let's not do that and blah, blah, blah. And then um, texturing the walls was a big one where it's like, you know, we can do this thing. We bring a machine in, we splatter texture and it looks okay, but it's not great. Or you can do it by hand and it looks awesome. Yeah. Um, And I was just like, I was like, I don't want to pay for any of that. Just do tape the walls and mud them and I'll do it all myself. Or I don't care if they're just smooth or whatever. And um, not realizing that, like, that A, that's not, it's going to look like shit. <laughs> and B, to get your walls smooth is actually much more labor intensive than texturing it. Yeah. And, the texture hides a lot. It, like, that's yeah, how people Yeah, the texture do it. hides a lot and things aren't perfectly flat and level all the time and whatever. And, um, yeah, so I just was, like, an idiot when it came to that stuff. But, uh the result is that he's giving me the the hand texturing for the splatter texture price. Um, so it'll be hopefully worth it. Deal. What a deal. Um, but anyway, yeah. I, uh, did you detextured all your walls? Is that what you mm-hmm. did? Yeah. How'd it come out? Uh, good, but it was not uh, not easy. I did most of the work myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But not I can recommend. imagine. So. Um, Anyway, hyped, seen progress on the house again, and um, I think we're maybe like, well, I guess it depends, but probably a month or so out from being able to move back in. And then, of course, moving back in is going to be his whole other set of whatever, because we got to actually move our stuff back in from our giant storage pod, clean everything. Our backyard is a disaster. We're going to have to drain our pool and refill it. Oh, and, no, uh, no, don't do that, dude. Just hire a pool person to come shock it and do, like, the right stuff. Uh, do you have any idea how much pool chemicals are right now? Because they are astronomical. Compared to the price of water, though, in California? Yes. Oh, wow, 100%, really? like, five times the price if we were going to... Because Pam's dad is a pool guy. Oh. And, um, you know, we were like, yeah, we'll just fix it. But he's like, dude, chlorine is, like, ridiculous. It's like $400 a case. Are you going to... Um, God, what a rich person problem to have. But um, yeah, are yeah. you going to stick with a chlorine based system? Or are you going to switch to like, what is it? Bromine or salt or no, we'll just use yeah, regular chlorine. But hmm. um, our pool is such a swamp right now. It's, you can't even see any surface below the top of the water. Like it's it's so what is it? Co- so how many gallons green. is your pool? Like a thousand or something? Twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. Holy shit. Yeah. So what is so you, you get someone to deliver water, right? No, you just fill it up. No, come on. Yeah, yeah. With a garden hose? That's going to take two weeks. It'll take uh, probably a whole weekend, yeah. I f- find that to be impossible to believe that it's not cheaper to get water delivered. I said the same thing, and uh, I don't know. We're gonna, we'll are gonna we double check with our rate of what we pay for water, but um, it's uh, likely going to cost a lot more. And um, our uh, my sister in law just did their pool because they emptied it to resurface it, and it was like a hundred bucks to fill it. So, 
hundred bucks of water or like five to six in chemicals is what the situation calls for. I would rather not empty it. I wanted to just rescue the water, but you say you have a 20,000 gallon pool. Yeah. And it's going to cost you a hundred dollars to fill it. Something like that. I find that to be impossible to believe. Well, I will keep you abreast of the situation. You're saying you're paying point five half half of a cent per gallon of water in Sacramento. Probably, yeah. Do you pay for water? Or are you metered? Yeah, actually. Let me what do you that. pay for gallon? I don't know. I have never done the math. <laughs> uh, this is boring conversation. I'll, I will let you know what it ends up costing because if it's, it's cheaper like, to do the chemicals, I'll do the chemicals. This is just breaking my brain because like absolutely everything that I know about pools is it is never, ever cost effective to just take it out of the fucking tap compared to doing delivery. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. We uh, always just fill our pool with, I mean, it has a built-in spigot that squirts water into it that's meant for filling it. That's okay, just so, what we do. All right, we'll continue. I'm gonna, I have my water bill pulled up. I'm going to do some math. Okay. I'm anxious to hear how much you pay for water in Tennessee. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, house getting close to done is the moral of this story. So, um Hopefully there will be some good news. Hopefully I'll get back in my house sometime in July is what I'm shooting for. Uh, early July, I hope. We'll see. Probably not in time to have a 4th of July party. Yeah, we're but. paying two cents a gallon. There's no fucking way that you're paying less than that in California. This The, the state that is know, defined man. by water drama. I'm- I will just have to get back to you on that because I don't have I the details. Refuse to believe this. I'm sorry, you're having a very hard time with this. This is causing me to have a mental breakdown. That <laughs> yeah, I, a pool I person tell. told you this is the way to go. Pool person of thirty years. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that. Well, all right, whatever. I'm, rock on. I'm curious to hear how this one plays out. I will let you know because I don't know uh, how I got on like pool guy TikTok. Like that was just like. Yeah, pool guy the, TikTok's a thing. Um, yeah, like it's I a, have the I have the before picture of a pool that you would see on pool guy TikTok. Yeah, it's like literally deep green. It looks like the yeah, Hulk melted I, into a pool. I think that's how I got on pool guy TikTok is because like I saw one of those videos where it was like, holy shit, that is a swamp. And the after is this sparkling, yeah, clean, like, amazing pool. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, all right, well, here's what you do: you dump this thing of chemicals in yeah. it, you give it 24 hours, all the junk settles to the bottom, you vacuum that up, you yeah. cycle the filter, and you're good to go. You can do so. That we we have options because like. Uh, Buying just regular chlorine, it's diluted a certain amount. And you can buy stuff specifically to shock a pool, which is a way higher concentration of chlorine. Um, and it's less amount. Because like right now, we'd be like dumping eight gallons of chlorine into our pool just to start. And that's not cost effective. Hmm. The concentrated pool shocking stuff might be better. So we might still do it that way. But um yeah, I don't know. Everything I've heard is that it's it's cheap enough. It's cheap to fill it up, as opposed to buying a bunch of chemicals, and it's kind of better. I just, I just like don't know how that's possible. I yeah. I I hate cycling the water of our stupid hot tub because it costs us like forty bucks to do it. Oh really? Yeah. Well, I don't know what to tell you, uh, but I will find. I will get to the bottom of this because uh, it's of great interest to you. It is actually in me. I, I want to know too. 
Because again, I, for whatever reason, TikTok thinks I like uh, dumb home improvement stuff, uh, yeah. extreme weirdos, true on both accounts, and pool maintenance. I uh, I don't know if you remember, I got banned from TikTok for nothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, was like, oh, this sucks. Like every time I try to sign up again, like it knows my phone number. So it knows I'm banned. So I can't really do anything about it. And then I tried it again the other day because anytime anybody links to a TikTok and you try to open it, it's like wants to open the app. And um, and so I like had the app again. I'm like, let's try this one more time. And didn't even realize you don't need to put your phone number in to sign up. You can just sign up with an email and oh, password, yeah. like normal. I thought it like required a phone number. And so I was sort of stuck. But anyway, uh, all that to say that I am on the TikTok again. Oh, thank God. Never posted one, but what, what, what would you, what were you doing without your daily dose of thirst traps? It probably like, I'm trying to, I, what would I even post on TikTok? Me no, yelling Car- at a three-year-old on TikTok That's, now. My entire life is yelling at a three-year-old. Good. I mean, there's a lot of people that are like funny dads on TikTok. I know I've, I don't, I'm not clever enough to be funny in any genre, especially not dad. The one thing that um, I kind of like is the, um, the people on TikTok that do like the fancy transitions. mm -hmm. Um, there's a bunch of girls that do really good, like cosplay transitions. I, I don't mean, I guess they're like thirst traps. Or something comes towards the camera and it goes, boom. Yeah. 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 It's like, you know, I, I guess they're, they're kind of like OnlyFans thirst traps, I guess. But like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just am very impressed by like the, like the people that like will like swing something in front of the camera and like somehow time it out so like wipe themselves into a new character yeah it's like (laughs) man i don't know i i I would be really curious to see like behind the scenes of like how many attempts that Mm. took to do or yeah or i don't know if these people are just cheating and using like adobe premiere or something like that i think they have creative editing software yes it wouldn't surprise me I mean, yeah. I guess if you have like a million, I guess I don't know how much money people make on TikTok. Like maybe if you have a big enough following, like you're making enough money, you can just have like a video guy that does that stuff. Or I actually person, I saw guess. something that was like um, somebody that went viral on TikTok that doesn't necessarily have like a dedicated following, but they had an okay amount of followers. And then one of their things they did crazy numbers on or whatever. And they shared like the revenue share from it was like $80 or something. Oh, or it doesn't maybe it was like me. 200 or 300 or whatever. Yeah. But it was like potato, like small potatoes compared yeah, to like, that's, that's you know, not a living. Yeah. yeah. Um, anywho, well, we, uh, what do you even play? Was, so uh, on, on steam, I have an, I have a game recommendation for steam deck people. Okay. Inscription with a Y. Inscription with a Y. Yeah, so like in inscriptions, but instead of the I, it's yeah. Y. So I N S C R Y P, like yeah. crypt, like a crypt, you know. Yeah. I, Inscription. So if you like, the problem with this game is very, very, very hard to talk about anything to do with it because like everything is a spoiler. Spoil. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't do that. It's like um, I've heard good things about this game. So. Yeah, it's like if you took like uh, I don't even know like slay the spire and mm-hmm. like if you if you really liked playing if you were a game developer that really liked playing slay the spire and like your two favorite movies are like labyrinth and jumanji mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then inscription is the game that you would make like that's probably mm-hmm. as unspoilery as i could possibly mm-hmm. get but i would say if you if you like rogue rogue what are they rogue lights not rogue like with rogue a k light like yeah. with a t mm-hmm. um roguelite deck building games like Slay the Spire inscription, mm-hmm. I would say is an absolute extreme 
must play. And I would go into it as dry as possible, like not okay. not knowing anything other than like where the download button on Steam is. Like, don't watch any of the trailers. <laughs> don't because um, the trailers kind of give away some of the like okay. kind of surprises in the game, just because. Yeah, you know, I, I haven't seen any trailer. I don't. I don't. I haven't seen anything of the game. I've just heard the name and people talk about like I think they're throwing around as a game of the year. Oh yeah, I said that contender I like, type. I was thing. like, holy shit, this came out last year, but this is my game of yeah. the year so far. Because um, um, yeah, I just went into it with like a friend of mine being like, dude, Eli, you really like Slay Spire, right? And I was like, yeah. They're like, oh, you should try a subscription yeah. game. I was like, all right, cool. Spent mm-hmm. I think it was twenty bucks mm-hmm. on Steam or something, and just grabbed it and. You know, a couple hours later, I was like, oh, fuck, this is it. Like, this is yeah, really good. It's well, one I'm of those games, to, though, uh, it's, it's kind of dumb, though, because it's like, um, it's it's just a card game that would clearly work extremely well on mobile. Yeah. I mean, yeah or yeah. console, even, but it's PC, Mac only yeah. right now. And I don't know if they have yeah. plans to bring it to other stuff or yeah, yeah. whatever else, but... Well, this I'm going to jump at. We have some stories to talk about this week, but I'm going to move one to the front of the list because it it uh, ties into what you just talked about. The game of the week from last week is my game recommendation, which also has a Y in it. Isn't that funny? It's called Dismantle with a Y. Um, this has been out on PC and consoles and stuff. I think it came out last year. Um and it's from uh, Ten Tons, who brings like most of their stuff to mobile at some point. Um, and they're normally known for like dual stick shooter type games. But um, yeah, this one is. It's. I feel like if you told me about it, I'd be not interested. But it's like a zombie survival game. Um, but it's so clever because it takes place in a world where like ninety nine percent of everything is destructible, and so a huge part of the gameplay is actually destroying things for their materials and then collecting those materials and then later on use them to upgrade and build new things and level up your character in certain ways or or whatever. And um, (coughs) excuse me, it's super cleverly balanced out to where, okay, in the beginning, your crowbar can only do so much damage. So there's only like so many things you can actually destroy. And a lot of stuff you try to destroy and it's like you're not strong enough to yet. So slowly you build up your strength of your weapons and your crowbar and stuff um, to where you can destroy newer things, which uh, leads to you being able to unearth newer types of resources that you need for newer things you want to make or whatever. And so it's like this really, really smart drip feed of like carrots on sticks. Hmm. And um, it's super fun because you'll play through a whole area with only one strength You'll destroy all the items that you can, but you leave a lot of stuff behind because you're not strong enough. And then later on, you level up and you're like, oh, cool, I can go back there and I can like break all of these things because I'm strong enough now. And it's like you're slowly destroying everything you can. And eventually you get strong enough that you're just like demolishing houses and stuff like that. But um, the like skill tree and like the upgrade paths of everything is just like really, really well balanced to where you're just like, oh my God, I need to like find five more of these things. I'm going to keep exploring so I can maybe come across these things because then I can level up my thing to the next tier and unlock the whole next, you know, set of whatevers. Um, And it it also helps that it's like a cool, fairly large open world um, to explore that's like got a really good um, 
like fog of war type effect where, um, you know, you can find these beacons that will, uh, you know, open up the map for one tiny section, but then the rest of everything's in darkness unless you go explore it. And so it's like one of those games I haven't had fun in a long time with an open world game, just exploring, just like seeing what's around the next corner. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so just a really is, good um, game. I, I, I described it. But on, oh yeah, on I, I was going to say so $20 as opposed to 10 on mobile. Well, you could wish list it and get it when it goes on sale. Probably goes on sale all the time. You know um, what? I've actually uh, a gear I have to grind about Steam is that mm. originally. So I, you know, I I don't play it. I, prior to my Steam Deck, I hadn't played like a ton of PC uh-huh. games outside of like the big stuff. You know, like Warzone and uh-huh. League of Legends and stuff that my friends want to play, right? And um, uh-huh. I was like, oh shit, cool! I'm going to start wish listing stuff like crazy and just buying it when it goes uh-huh. on sale. But the problem uh-huh. is there's all these different fucking places you can buy steam games from Yeah, that. Like, even if you have something wishlisted, it's not like it's going to be, uh, on sale on steam versus like, yeah. Humble or any of these other, you know, wacky ass. Yeah. I, I, um, so is there a thing that like it operates one level higher that like, um, indexes all those different things that your wishlist can live on? Um, there's nothing that I know of that integrates your steam wish list already. So I've actually, I started to kind of maintain a, a secondary wish list through fanatical, which is a good place that seems very trustworthy to get steam keys for cheap. And I've gotten a lot of stuff there much cheaper than it's ever been on sale on steam. But surely there's like um, some kind of like aggregator that like you can build like a wish list and then it like pulls yeah. from like humble and the, uh, you know, green man gaming. I don't, know. Or- I don't know of something like that, but I think that would be really helpful. But you did remind me to bring up something I just learned about called um, it's a browser extension for a uh, Chrome or edge or whatever Chromium uh, browser you use um, called augmented steam. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-mm. Um, it basically just runs as a as a uh, extension, and then um, when you go to Steam, it automatically adds all this cool stuff to it. So, like, you go to a game's page, and you hover over the uh, like buy button or whatever, and it'll like pop down um, like a history, like a price history. Like, this is the lowest it's ever been. This is the last time it was on sale. This is like whatever. Oh, I, I all this sort have, of stuff. Yeah, like I think you for go Amazon. to like Steam DB for. What's that? I, I used to have a thing for Amazon uh, that did that. Yeah, it's super similar to that. Um, but uh, it works in Steam, and uh, it's pretty cool. I've noticed it's just nice to get, if anything, get a bunch of extra info. But I always found myself looking up a game on my wish list that's on sale and being like, ah, I don't know, is this the lowest it's been? And then I pop over to SteamDB and try to look up its sales history or whatever. Yeah, I don't um, really care about getting stuff at like the rock bottom price. It's just like really annoying knowing that like stuff is just on sale constantly, like buying it at full price, you know? Yeah. I, uh, that's kind of the problem I have is where I'll buy something just because it's on a cheap sale, but then never get around to playing it. It's like mm-hmm. the switch problem. And, um, so if something's like the lowest it's ever been, I might bite, but if something's like, pretty cheap but is that cheap every two months or three months then i don't bother because i'm like by the time i get around to actually wanting it and playing it it'll be on sale again yeah um so i try to curb curb my spend. yeah but- what, what really has been annoying me is um how some games seem to like never go on so ubisoft stuff seems to be really bad about this where like you can get the assassin's mm-hmm. creed stuff on sale via the you play stuff like all the fucking time but on yeah. steam it's like 
very regularly full price. Yeah. And it's like, if you don't want to deal with the dumb wacky launcher, it's like, all right, well then pay three times what we're selling for. That's a fanatical has a lot of those publishers like, um, libraries on sale a lot. It'll have like a Ubisoft sale. But or it will, I'll be Capcom. through like their specific launcher, right? It'll tell you if it's not Steam, it'll say what launcher it is or whatever. A lot of times it's Steam. Um, majority of the time, it, I've never bought anything there that wasn't on Steam. But um, yeah, I uh, I don't know. It's a struggle. I've, I, I just want to quit buying games, period, because I have... 1100 games or whatever it is well, my could... problem now that i've run into is like inscription was so good that i'm like anything else mm-hmm. that i'm like looking at is like oh man this is not going to be as fun yeah or it's not going to be as good i agree well so back to my game recommendation dismantle just came out on mobile that's what got me into it however i think it'd be a perfect steam deck game and um it's one of those games where it's like I've already put in so many hours and done so much that it would be a hard one to start over. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd necessarily want to do that yeah. um, and replay it on Steam. I think I'm going to stick with mobile for this one. But if I still have my Steam Deck, I would make a point to play it on that because um, it's the perfect like pickup, grind for a while, try and unlock a next thing, and explore some new territory. Like it's just um, I, I think I described it as as Fallout with elements of Minecraft. And um, it's super good. That should be your next game, actually. Play it on, uh, okay. well, if it goes on sale. Um, um, then when you were, so here's a question for you on your Steam Deck. Um, yeah. When you had the fan going and you, like, yeah. moved it around, did it, like, uh-huh. make noise at all? What do you kind of know? Well, so like, like, the whir? No. So what, what, or did I, it, like, I, rattle? I don't know. Kind of hard to explain. Like, so it's, like. So if you're holding your Steam Deck and the fans going like full bore, like mm-hmm. clearly mm-hmm. There's, there's like some gyroscopic motion that, you know, just the fan spinning that fast. And like mm-hmm. if you tilt it, you hear kind of like a, like almost like the blades hitting something like they're spinning so fast. Mm-hmm. And like when you move it, it's like hitting something. And no, I never had that. But I did have um, I mean, I would notice like the different angles I would have it at would make the fan noise be louder or quieter or whatever, mm-hmm. which I think is just normal. Yeah, I don't know if this is something I should email Valve about or just not worry about it. Pop it open, bro. Fix it. Mm. Um, I feel like somebody said something about like they had a blade that was like loose and they were getting a, a weird like chunking noise or something. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. But up. only like when the fan is going and you like move the steam deck enough that like if the fan's spinning really fast and you have it in the case and it like you go like that, like the fan blades like hitting something huh. real quick before it like goes back into uh it's like the bearing of the fan itself is like mm. a tiny bit looser than it should be. Does that make sense? I don't know, man. Pop it open. Cut those eye uh. fix it. I spare parts. Um, speaking of which, I'm gonna I'm gonna bump another um, story forward that we we're gonna talk about this week because a, Steam, a huge Steam Deck update just came out, and one of the things on it is a different fan profile I saw that. to. Um, Hopefully, a lot of people have been complaining about the fan noise on the Steam Deck. This one hopefully curbs how loud it gets. And um, instead of being based on the BIOS, it's based on other factors that are actually, you know, happening inside the machine itself or something like that. It's more of like an OS level fan curve instead of something that's based on the BIOS, I guess. I'm surprised that more people aren't just running like the beta tree of the Steam OS software. Like, I don't know why you... Have you had this for weeks? I Yeah, I mean, I just... The first thing I did was switch over to the beta stuff because I was like, I don't... 
I don't care. But the fan curve fix, have you noticed a difference? I mean, I don't know. I've always used the beta software, so maybe that's just how it's always been for me. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a mystery. I still, I love my Steam Deck though, man. It is like crazy how good this thing is. And I, I like, I just, I don't know. I just can't believe how much I like it. Yeah. I'm getting real nervous that I haven't got my email for it yet. I have a lot of friends like, still that uh, are, that are waiting yeah. and like, I don't know. It's going to be June here pretty quick. So kind of sad. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, big new Steam OS update came out this week. Um, if you aren't running the beta stuff, it's the uh, official release. And, um, you know, you can go to uh, Steam and get all the details on all the little nitty gritty of what's in it or whatever. But the fan curve fix is something that I know a lot of people were looking forward to. So curious to see how much this it also, does things. This um, also has the, the, 40, <clears throat> the 40 hertz setting that we talked about yeah. before. That is apparently a big deal if you are like hot on saving battery and stuff like that. I guess 40 hertz at a locked 40 frames is like the sweet spot in terms of like still super playable and looks good, but you're saving a way more battery life um, by doing that as opposed to um, trying to lock it at 30 or having just a variable frame rate which is jumping around all the time which is actually taxing your battery a lot more or whatever I just let so it do its thing and plug it in because i don't leave my house because i'm a hermit that's that's my you know there when i had this steam deck it was like a lot of videos coming out like here's how to maximize this game and you can actually play something for six hours or whatever like i think that's cool if i was gonna go somewhere but i'm not and so yeah like if i'm just playing i can just plug in basically anywhere i would be playing it at and yeah. so it's not really a big deal so i don't really dive too hard into like juicing the maximum battery life or anything like that um performance stuff yeah i will dial some things down and try and tweak stuff um but battery life is like the thing i care least about although someday maybe i'll go on a trip somewhere and be mad that i can only play something for an hour um probably not though i don't think it'll ever really be a factor for me yeah um i did buy uh, a 10 foot USB-C extension cable that's been a game changer because the Nice. charger cord of that thing that comes with is like weirdly short you can play on the uh the pooper behind you i can play any, anywhere in my house my house is so small a 10 foot cord will just reach anywhere so <laughs> you have a 10 foot diameter house awesome yeah, yeah. um i live in a teepee <laughs> <laughs> so anyway uh fingers crossed for yet another monday everyone hold out hope for me that this monday is the one because um you know i want to I want my Steam Deck back. Makes me sad. Think of all the games I could be playing. But I have been happy to get stuck on an iOS game pretty hard with Dismantle, which I haven't done in a while. That's like the game I'm constantly thinking about wanting to play. And the other thing is I'm playing it with a controller exclusively, which I always find... um, I don't do too often. I'll like specifically play a game with a controller to see how it works with controller. But casually playing a game on my phone, I generally... It's one extra step I don't want to take. But um, this one, it just plays so good with a controller. It plays fine with touch, too. But um, I just find myself working it into my, uh, my uh, I don't know, my game playing habits to just pop it into the backbone real quick, which actually is not, it's not the hassle I make it out to be in my head. It's not a big deal at all. It sounds awesome. Um, I don't know. Clip your phone that. into a controller, boom, done. But anyway, plays really good with controller, too. So um Anywho, let's move, we'll zip through these other stories and uh, well, I don't why don't even know you, how... uh, read the ad copy. Alexa, stop. <sighs> on a... 
That's a good idea because I probably would have forgot about it again. Uh, let's find out where it is. Here we go. Okay, everybody. Uh, as mentioned, this game is uh, this podcast is sponsored by the day we fought space. So thank you to them for sponsoring. Here's a little ad copy for you. The day we fought space, a wreck em up with spiraling chain reactions is now available on the app store. In this game, that's more about reaction than rehearsal. Use physics to your advantage as you create dynamic chain explosions to take your enemies down. Personalize your ship to best suit your playstyle and the mission at hand with zany weapons such as an orbital blade, ice laser, or wrecking ball. See if you have what it takes to reclaim the solar system in this gritty and dynamic side scroller. Get the day we fought space now at the day we fought space.com forward slash purchase. Bada boom. And of course, I will have it linked in the uh, podcast post and all that good stuff. But um, on a non sponsored note, uh, this game's really fun. It's a really clever spin on a side-scrolling shooter that's really unlike anything else that's out there, um, just in terms of it's it's physics-based. So you can like actually like destroy ships, and their debris comes becomes sort of like a weapon for you because it'll cascade into other ships and stuff like that. And then um, you have all these wacky like melee-based weapons, which is kind of unique for a shooter too. Um, so in addition to kind of like pew pewing your lasers, um, you have like a spinning wrecking ball around your ship. And uh, it feels a lot like um, that game Starborn Anarchist from many, oh, yeah. many, many years ago. It feels a lot like that where you're like swinging around and hitting dudes and it just feels good. So, yeah, good game. That's a great, um, that's thank a great you comparison. Thank you to them for sponsoring. But what's that? That's a great comparison. Yeah, super, super fun game, though. So uh, check it out. The day we fought space dot com forward slash purchase. I think it's four bucks, something like that. It's uh, not a lot of monies for a pretty good game. Um, Anywho, moving right along to uh, the stories I had picked out. I went back the past couple weeks to see what was going on since we missed last week's show. But um, I only bring this up because um, you're a big Ben Brody fan, if I recall. Is that uh, correct? It's Ben Brode, Jared. Oh, come ben on. Brode. That's how big of a fan I am. That's I how big of a fan you are. You correct pronunciations. I don't know why I always said Brody. Brody sounds cooler. Sorry, Ben. But uh, I, if I would tell people it's Brody. He's, um, um, he's fucking ripped now, by the way. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know uh, what social media I've been following him on. Um, instagram or or something or other and he's like one of those people that instead of me who during covid was like you know what i'm gonna sit around and see how How fat fat can i get get like how (laughs) how much food can i eat and how little can i do and how much beer can i drink from one stationary position that was my quarantine Mm. strategy you set all the records and all those i demolished every goal that that we laid out i just i just destroyed like it it really really exceeded expectations whereas ben brode was like you know i'm gonna go to the gym and get fucking ripped (laughs) (laughs) also i mean hey different strokes for different yeah you know Um, i some people maybe maybe had brad nicholson in his ear oh my god oh i just remember we i didn't talk about my mike mead interaction we'll get to that later Uh, stay tuned for mike mead update um but anyway uh so yeah ben brode big influential person in the hearthstone world for he he basically was hearthstone since its beginning um and yeah, then he, a few he created years, a game that i don't remember the name of it now 
but it mm. basically like was Hearthstone, but programmer art, and that you know is what kind of turned into Hearthstone. Yeah, uh, Dream oh, Quest. Uh, I think you're right on that. Thinking of was that Ben Brode? I feel like that was. Well, I gotta, now I got to fact check this. I, I hate gonna, doing. Fact I'm going to remember this like as um, soon as we hit stop recording. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't Dream. But anyway, it's a super uh, super cool guy. Very 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 talented. Like big fan of anything he touches. Yeah. So um, it was it was one of these things where when he left the Hearthstone team, it like it was like man, how I don't how are they ever going to fill these shoes? Because right. like Ben yeah. was Hearthstone. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I, I think they've bounced. I mean, they've had other people fill in. You know, clearly the game's doing good still, but like, you've been yeah. very, very, very interested in like what his next thing is or was, or you know. Yeah, and uh, when he left, not long after, he announced that he had started a new company called Second Dinner, and um, all we knew at that time, it must have been in twenty eighteen or nineteen, that he announced that he was working with Netties mm-hmm. on a Marvel licensed game. Um, and so that was a few years ago now. And so last week they finally pulled the veil off this thing and, uh, let everyone know what he's, he's actually working on at second dinner. It's a game called Marvel snap and surprise. It's a card battling game, um, with the Marvel license. So all the Marvel characters and stuff like that. Um, I'm not a big card game person, but like looking at this and thinking of his history with Hearthstone and stuff like that, this looks like a, um, like if uh, remember when it was like all the rage to have like a blitz version of a game, like mm-hmm. here's a, a match three, but here's the blitz version, which has like a super fast paced, like mode or whatever. Um, this almost feels like hearthstone blitz in a way, because um, it's a lot faster paced. It's a lot smaller decks and um, seems really approachable, but really like mobile friendly type whip your phone out and play a match really quick instead of like, whip your phone out and play hearthstone for like what 20 minutes would be a fast game in hearthstone but no i mean the the problem is like you know once you start playing competitively like very rarely do you have those very fast games so you're talking like you know 10 plus minute session times easy that can be a commitment on mobile which yeah i mean honestly like that was one of the contributing factors in me kind of burning out of hearthstone was like yeah um, you know, as a magic player, I would kind of always gravitate towards like the more technical decks and the more technical decks are not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can play fast, but those are the kind of decks where it's just like, let me just barf all my cards out and see if I win or not, as opposed yeah, to like right. having lots of answers to stuff and yeah things. And those games are 10 to 15 minute long games, like fairly yeah. Yeah. reliably, you know? Yeah. I think, um, another problem with something like Hearthstone is it's been around so long and they're constantly adding cards that at some point you just have so many damn cards that it can be overwhelming. And I know well, they, they try rotate, their best to kind of like you know. rotate things in and out and, and trim things down or have different modes with different card sets. So it's not like that, but it is like that. It's overwhelming. So um, I like the idea of, I think uh, I got to watch the video again, but I think decks in this game are 12 cards, which is like not much at all, but I kind of like that. Cause they said, that's kind of the sweet spot of having it be manageable, but having it still have some depth. And yeah. not like as much depth as like a 50 card deck or I whatever. Mean, yeah, I, th- I think people learned a lot from kind of like the Clash Royale or kind of style of like, mm-hmm. you know, you're building a deck, but kind of not really. You have it's like yeah. almost less. Uh, it almost seems like it makes more sense if you kind of think of it less as like this is a 12 thing deck and more of like a 12 thing like toolbox that I can use to 
Yeah. Because like almost, I don't know, like when you have a very small amount of cards, like it almost seems like it's not really a card game anymore. Instead, it's like, you know, more of like a chess sort of thing where. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, it's splitting hairs. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I think it looks cool. There's um, multiple videos you can watch to get a good. uh, Oh, yeah. There's Ben Brody. He does look pretty buff. Looks like a lumberjack. Yeah, um, he's definitely got the lumberjack thing going on. That's- <laughs> so um, this is going to become onto mobile and PC. Um, you can uh, sign up for a closed beta on Android if you have an Android device and you want to get in on that. Um, and uh, I think it's supposed to be launched later this year. And uh, I don't know, something to keep your eye on if you were a card game in person, a Ben Brode fan. I mean, Hearthstone the, fan that lapsed something like that. The price of free. I don't know why you wouldn't check it out. You know, it's gonna be free. Yeah, free is free is easy. Um, moving along. Uh, oh, I wanted to highlight this thing that Sean had wrote. Um, was it this week or last week? Uh, I think it was last week. It's like a Dragon Quest Mobile 101 guide, and he did something similar for the Final Fantasy games too, where basically lists all the dragon quest games because like final fantasy you can play almost every dragon quest up to a certain point um on mobile which i think is a really cool thing mm-hmm. um if you ever wanted to play a whole i mean dragon quest and final fantasy are similarly these really you know impactful franchises or whatever that um a lot of people nowadays younger kids and stuff like that might not have played back in the day it's like a neat opportunity to be able to replay all these classics on mobile um what Sean has done is kind of listed everything linked to our reviews when we reviewed them, when they came out, but also kind of like talks about what's good or bad about each port or why you should play this mobile version, or maybe if you should seek out playing it on a different platform or, or whatever. Um, the final fantasy version of this type of article uh, did really well. A lot of people seem to really appreciate it. So here's a version for dragon quest and dragon quest just had a couple days ago, or maybe just yesterday had its, um, 36 year anniversary i want to say oh something gosh. like that that makes me feel old. um which uh leads to um another story i have to talk about here in a minute maybe i'll bump this one forward too so uh, i'll have links to this in the podcast post but if you haven't checked this one out this is a good primer for if you want to play dragon quest and just don't know where to start um this is the thing to read and then um i'll bump this last story up too because it's related uh the original dragon quest builders surprise launched on ios this week and android um and i don't think i had forgotten first of all have you played this game ever yeah so Quest Builders. i i tr- i tried to give this one the old college try but it was like on switch yes yeah when it came out yeah. on switch and yeah. um i don't know it was just kind of um, a little too complicated for what i was looking for i think yeah. But, yeah, but I totally like if you're the kind of person that like really likes Minecraft mm-hmm. um, and are looking for kind of like Minecraft likes that do interesting mm-hmm. things with that formula. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a amazing game to jump into. Like, like, you know, yeah. how I was saying before, like I'm a, a kind of a card game guy. So like inscription was like mm-hmm. something real cool to jump into. Like if you were yeah. a Minecraft person like this is this is the thing to do. Hmm. Um, I, I remember this had a demo on switch that I downloaded cause I'm like, Oh, I'll check it out and see what it's like. And then never played the demo. I don't recall. Hmm. Um, 
but yeah, I always was, I like Minecraft and I was kind of intrigued by like this type of thing, but never got around to playing it on anything else. Yeah. It was so, like, course, if I recall correctly, it, it was like, um, uh, Minecraft, but with a purpose almost and that you're like, yeah. Um, what was that forsaken media game where you were like building kind of like Minecrafty bases that block fortress? Probably? Yeah. The kind of, yeah, it was like, I think it's like closer to block fortress than anything else. Yeah. Way to kind of describe this. Yeah, it's it's actually it is kind of interesting because um, I've only dabbled in like the first maybe hour of this game. Just a lot of it's just getting you going. Yeah. But um, I like that um, it really is like, you know, Minecraft is one of the things people like about it. But also one of the things that turns people off about it is it just dumps you into a game with very little handholding. And maybe that's different nowadays because I haven't started up a new I haven't been new to Minecraft lately, but. You know, back in the day, it was like you had to look up stuff on YouTube on like how to survive your first yeah. night and what yeah. to do and stuff like that, because otherwise you just get chewed up. And um, and then but even beyond that, once you sort of know what to do, there are goals in Minecraft, but they're kind of like make your own goals type stuff. Um, this game is very much like what if we made an RPG, but it was Minecraft. And so it's constantly giving you quests. It's constantly introducing like NPC characters and stuff. There is a story going along uh, alongside everything and you have to save the world from evil and, you know, whatever. But I kind of appreciated that fact of like, okay, yeah, I can just go like dig and build and do whatever. But also this thing is like prompting me to do stuff and move forward and advance. So it's kind of like what you're saying, like Minecraft with a purpose mm-hmm. um, or like an actual progression system. Yeah, I appreciate and- that because like, I don't know, for me, it was always like, I, I think what, as someone that was probably a little too old for, you know, like when Minecraft had its, not that there was any age really to Minecraft, yeah. I guess, but I just, you know, like none of my friends were playing it and it was just kind of right. like, you know, like yeah. my friends are always into like, it's a solo games, game for me, games. which is weird. <laughs> yeah. Like it just, um, I think I just never got into it. Cause I was just like, okay, well I built a weird little base that I survived the night and now what? Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you don't have other people to play with that kind of answers that question of now what, or, and you don't have a kind of like, uh, you know, I, I don't even know. Go but, hollow out a mountain. That's what I always do. But it, but so like these, these games like provide that here's the now yeah. what for, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's good. Um, and it also works really well as a, on mobile works fine with touchscreen controls. There's apparently controller support, but it, I don't think it's supposed to have controller support because nothing really works right. Like the buttons are mapped weird and hmm. you know, whatever. Um, Square Enix is so spotty with controller support stuff. Some games are perfect with it and built with con- physical controllers in mind. And other games, they just don't. I think it's so weird. Right. That, why wouldn't you have either have it or not have it across your whole library of games? But um, yeah, that's plays well enough with touch anyway. It's it's like yeah. they it's like they don't have a mobile department. They just have like anyone that feels like working on mobile works yeah. on mobile. And that's why you get this like weird disjointed sort of thing. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about this game is that it's very adapted for touchscreen, right? Um, so, like, there's a lot of things like you directly tap a space you want to place a block or something like that, or hold your finger down on the screen to to remove blocks and stuff like that. Um, and so it's not like a lot of games that are on console or PC first come to touch, and it's sort of like kind of half baked touch touchscreen controls. This one feels very much like they really put work in to adapt it for the touchscreen, right? And so in that sense, I could see them thinking like, we don't want controller support. We put all this work into making it work really well with touchscreen or, yeah. or something. So, but anyway, um, so this is the first Dragon Quest Builders. There is a sequel that came out that apparently um, isn't 
improvement from what I've heard, but I don't really know much about it. But um, this uh, uh, is currently on launch sale for $21.99. That's 20% off its normal price, which I think puts it around $25 for, for but regular I mean, price. I've, people which, bought this game on Switch for $60. Bucks, so. it's, it's still $50 on Switch right now if you want to buy it, which I think is crazy. Um, and then it also has a bunch of... Um, DLC stuff that had come out in the other versions of the game that's all available right off the bat here, but it does cost you extra. Um, there's four things you can buy that are three bucks each, or you can buy them all at once for, I think, half that, $5.99 or something like that. Um, so if it's the sort of thing if you wanted to buy the DLC, um, it's worth doing the whole the bundle because mm-hmm. you just save so much money that way. But that does make this almost a $30 game. So I don't know. So um, interesting that... Uh, the pro- Well, the problem that- with Square Enix on these expensive games is like, you <sighs> yeah. know, like you don't really know... Is it going to break? <laughs> yeah, like if you buy it on your Switch and you pay a little bit more, like yeah. it'll work. Right. You know, <laughs> probably forever as opposed to this. I agree. Like, I, I is feel it like... Work in iOS 16? Who yeah. knows? No, I know. Especially so close to, well, I guess, you know, you're always so close to Is it. Is it going to work on your, I, on your iPhone 14? Right. Maybe. Yeah. No, I agree. It's It sucks that it has to be that way. But I think by now, most people that would probably be in line to buy this are aware of that. I hope. Yeah. I don't know. But um, anyway, I, I, I got the iOS version and um, have enjoyed what I've played of the early goings of it so far. I think it's cool. Looking forward to do more. I'm just so stuck on dismantle that I don't know when that will be. But mm. yeah, cool that it showed up at least. Um, and then another game that, man, this has been a wild week for game launches. Um, another game that launched this week that I also dabbled in for about an hour and like very much called Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion. Okay, I saw people um, talking about this on Twitter. Yeah, you. See, I, I've heard a lot about this game because that's kind of a provocative title. And, um, but I never really knew much of what it was about beyond the fact that it was slightly Zelda inspired, like old school Zelda inspired. Um, and so I've played, like I said, like the first hour and, um, yeah, it's, it's very much a tongue in cheek take on like a Zelda game that's filled with a lot of humor and a lot of kind of dark humor. And, um, you know, it's the gameplay itself is sort of like run here, complete a quest, find an item, you know, whatever. But it's a it's really good presentation and like the the humor factor is really high for me at least. Like all the dialogue in the game is super funny. Just the way the characters talk and what they talk about is really cool. And um, I've heard that this isn't the longest game. It's only like a few hours long or something like that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I've beat the first couple of areas or whatever, but um, it I haven't even got to um, whatever it's a free to try. And then you unlock the full game with an in-app purchase. Hmm. I didn't even get to a point that said, you got to pay more, but I did already, I unlocked it cause I liked the game so much. So I don't know where that point is, but it is a game that you can try for free. And so if I didn't hit that first paywall of the free portion yet, after like an hour, maybe it's a little longer. If you spend a little more time, um, you know, talking to every person and looking in every nook and cranny and whatever. Yeah. There's a lot of cool like puzzles to solve in their, you know, quote unquote dungeons or whatever. So um, I'm going to have a really tough time picking the game of the week this week because uh, this one's really high on my list. I like it a lot. So I wanted to recommend people check it out. I also think it's a, a about time it came to mobile because it's another game that just works perfectly well on yeah. mobile. 
Um, and I actually have played this one with controller too. It does have controller support. So um, getting more into playing with controllers, but uh, one to check out if you uh, haven't before. It's free to try and then five bucks to unlock the whole game, which is a bargain. So Turnip Boy commits tax evasion now on iOS. And then the last thing I had to talk about this week is another game that launched this week that is another really awesome game. Streets of Rage 4. We've talked about this on the podcast when it was announced. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you ever got around to playing this on anything yet. Or... No, it's been on my list like for a million mm-hmm. years because I know people have said it's really good. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. one one more game that everyone says is great and you should play that I just have never gotten around to because I'm an idiot. Yeah, I know. I know that you weren't really a fan of the original Streets of Rage games. I mean, they're just like, and, um, like very one-dimensional combat. That's why they I, are, you know, they're button mashers. Yeah. And um, a lot of that, the fun of the original games for me and for a lot of others, I'm sure is like playing with a buddy. Um, this game definitely like evolves that formula a lot in a way that makes it really interesting to play there's a lot of strategy involved in like the combat there's a lot of cool stuff you can do there's a really great like progression system so you actually feel like you're doing something there's a million things to unlock i mean i can't say enough good things about this game (laughs) and how much it kind of evolves this genre that's been around for 40 years um and makes it feel a lot more a lot deeper than than your typical brawler um and yeah, the mobile version. My biggest problem with this is that um, there's not cross save. And mm. this game came out, I first played it on Switch and did like everything you could do on Switch. And so I'm not having a great feeling about trying to do it all again on, on uh, mobile. I think I was ready to do that on Steam Deck because I own it already on Steam. And so I'm like, okay, well, that'll be my main version. I'd rather have the well, Steam version yeah, I mean, because like, you can move saves or cloud saves or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. How how magical like the the like the way that Steam games handle saves now is like like seriously like oh. black magic. Like I didn't even like I didn't even realize that it was doing like all the save game management stuff yeah. until I like opened something up on like my desktop PC and I was like, wait, what? This is already yeah. here. Like I didn't even do anything. Yeah, and it's so smart about telling you if there's like a conflict or something like that, like mm-hmm. the saves are out of sync or whatever, and letting you fix it before it like overwrites anything and ruins something. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I still think even with this mobile version, it plays well. I checked it out. It's it's you know it's as good as a game like this can be with virtual buttons, but it also um, supports controller too. So um, that's probably like the most ideal way to play is with a controller, but yeah. it works fine with touch. And like this is a great game to have on your phone. So many ports that come from PC or console to mobile where I'm like, this this isn't like the ideal way to play a game the first time, but it's an ideal way to have a game you like that you can play whenever you want because it's always on you. I feel like that about this game where it's like, man, you can just bust it out and beat a level and, you know, it, it just works. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Street to Rage 4 on mobile now. Also available is the uh, DLC, the Mr. X uh whatever it's called mr x pack or whatever um mr x nightmare um you can buy that within the game too for some additional monies but um yeah we uh posted a whole review of it gave it five stars i think that's well deserved it's just a super good port of a super good game in the first place so um cool to be able to have that on your phone or ipad or whatever um that's kind of all i had to talk about this week for mobile gaming news how are we doing on time 
Um, About an hour, probably, right? Yeah, we got a little bit of time to do some secret play date chat. Do you want to hear? Uh, should I talk about Mike Mead real quick? I saw oh, Mike yeah, Mead in yeah. the flesh. He is alive. I find that um, to be hard to believe, but sure. Yeah, earlier earlier this month, a few weeks ago, we went to Punk and Drublick, which is like the no effects, like beer fest slash is that all an day annual concert thing? thing. What's that? It was that an annual thing. Uh, yeah. Well, I went to one, it, I think it was 2018 or 2017. Um, and that's the last one I remember hearing about. So I don't know if they, but that was also, I think just after that is when NoFX canceled themselves because they uh, talked shit about that country concert. They got, uh, had a mass shooting in Vegas. Do you remember that whole thing? I, I don't follow celebrity. I mean, I remember the shooting, but I don't follow like. They made a joke about it at one of their shows and it, it, it caught they caught heat for it, uh-huh. um, which is like, I don't know if you know, no effects. Like, of course they said something stupid that's and sensitive and, and that's like, they're, that's what they do. But anyway, um, so I think the next year, cause they actually kicked the remaining dates of punk and drug. They kicked no effects off of the remaining dates after that happened. It happened in like July. And I think there was like two or three more and they, <laughs> no effects who started this whole thing in the first place, got kicked off their own tour. Um, but anyway, yeah, I don't remember if there's one in 20, 2019 or not. And then, of course, 2020 was what it was. So um, to my knowledge, this was the second one that's been in my area. They might have done it before, since, in other areas. But I did go back uh, in 2018, 2017. I don't remember exactly, but um, super fun time. And um, Mike Mead was at that one, too. And his then-girlfriend, which is now his wife. Um, but I thought it was really funny that... Uh, he doesn't like punk music even, but she does. And he just goes to kind of, I don't know, be the designated driver and hang out, I guess, huh. um, because he doesn't drink or anything either. Um, and I'm like, you don't like punk and you don't like drinking, but you went to a punk beer fest. Uh, that's dedication to your He just partner. wanted to walk around with a bottle of water in his pocket. Yeah, <laughs> and nowadays I don't know if you've seen Liquid Death. Have you seen that? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the, the, the canned water that's supposed to look like it's a cool beer or something like that, so you don't have to feel self-conscious drinking water at like a bar. Which I feel like if you feel that way anyway, like that's you who have cares? a problem. Like who cares if you're drinking water? Um, yeah, if your friends are making fun of you for drinking water, they're bad friends. Yeah, tell them anyway, if I can get an Uber. <laughs> like, I'm going home. I will say that Liquid Death is super good water i don't know what they do to it but it tastes i think it's coming out of a can makes a difference than a plastic bottle it just tastes good but anyway um so yeah he was there this time too and um yeah he's doing good he's doing his thing they got married and uh i don't know what he's i don't remember if he mentioned what he's doing for work or whatever but the uh mobile game thing they do beaver tap games isn't even around anymore i think they dissolved the company and everything and you know, he's moved on from all that stuff, but, um, yeah, it's good to see him. He's still the same wacky guy. And, oh, uh, that's good. I'd like to reach out and hang out with him outside of just seeing him at a concert every four years. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. They still live. Uh, he lives about 20 minutes away from me in a town called Davis. So. You should just show up at his house. So like, Mike, I'm here you to hang. Be- I've got two little Caesars pizzas. Are you going to turn me yeah. away? If he was ever foolish enough to give me his address, I would. But he's too smart. He never gave it to me. So, you know, I'll just scour Davis street by street. Yeah. Eventually, I'll have to find him. Have you seen this this tiny, weird little man? (laughs) You'd be like, oh, yeah, he was down there under the shoe. I tried to convince him. I was like, hey, do a 
come on the show with us sometime. It'd be super fun. And uh, people ask, actually ask about you um, and w- want to make sure you're not dead. So I can at least confirm he's not dead. I don't know if he would actually commit to doing a show with us or not, but it'd be fun if he did. Not dead. We'd wrangle up Brad and just do an ultimate reunion show. Well, that would be cool. Anyway. Um, all right, let's wrap up this show so we can get to some secret playdate talk. Um, so for those that don't want their playdating spoiled, uh, now would be the time to stop the show. I'll say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Touch Arcade Show. Support us on Patreon. Shop through Amazon link. Blah, blah, blah. All that good stuff. Thanks again. Turn off now for no spoilers of Playdate stuff. Okay. You've been warned. <laughs> um, so since we didn't have a show last week, by the way, getting good feedback from people that like this this Playdate discussion, which I think uh, is cool that people are vibing with this. But... um. Um, since we missed last week, we actually have four games we can talk about. Yeah. Um, do you have uh, so any the, comments? The four games are uh, Demon Quest 85. Um, oh, right. What is the fucking name of this? Uh, um, Amaze. The right? eyeball o- game? Omaze. Uh-huh. I think is how you pronounce it. Um, and then we've got Hyper Meteor and Zipper by Bennett Foddy. Yes. Are the four games. So starting with Demon Quest 85, I feel like I should like this game way more than I actually do. Okay. Um, so that the basis of this game is that you, it's almost kind of like a, reminds me of like an old school, like PC adventure sort of thing. And that like mm-hmm. the basic gimmick is like, you have this kind of like uh, book of demons that tells you like, here's all these demons that you can summon. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, they have different, uh, summoning them requires meeting the things that they like basically so um what you have uh food to provide them as an offering music to play while you're summoning them and then you like mm. build your summoning circle based on uh your high school yearbook where i think you select like either three or four people or something like that right yeah yeah so um like one of the very first demons is like, you know, they say he's like really good at like helping people find things and stuff. So you got to like look through the, the yearbook and find like the profiles of like the three people that I've mentioned, like, Oh, I lost my cat or, you know, like whatever else. Mm -hmm. And then you assemble all these things and you can like summon that particular demon. Um, Mm -hmm. Problem is like, I don't know. I just like, I wish this was like a little bit more gamey and a little bit less like reedy, I guess. Like it seems there's a lot of text. Yeah. yeah, Like this almost (laughs) seems like something that would be better as like a board game. I think than Mm -hmm. like doing Mm -hmm. all this reading on like a extremely tiny screen. That's, you know, requires very specific lighting. Like I really like the, the um, like the basis of the game seems really cool. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know if this is something that I want to play on the Steam Deck. Or yeah. not, not Steam Deck, yeah. rather, the, the Play Deck. You know, <laughs> I feel <clears throat> very similar about the very text-heavy, narrative-heavy games, which I like games like that. But, like, I don't know if this is... I, I'm not in the mood for something like that when I pick up the Play Date, right? I'm in yeah. the mood to just hop into something and dick around and whatever. Um, so I feel like it's suited more to, like, arcade kind of games. But... Um, it's nice that these types of things exist. And if you do get sucked into something that's a lot deeper, um, that's good that you have that, you know, option or whatever. But yeah, I, I struggle really hard, especially when we are kind of under, um, you're under like a sort of timeline of, of getting this, you know, 
review out by the embargo time and stuff like that. So a lot of games I was like, oh, dude, I don't have time to like get absorbed into this right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to see what this game is like. And so I can move on to the next one or whatever. Um, so there's some games I haven't given their proper due that maybe they would speak to me a little more if I, I actually sat down with them with that frame of mind. I just haven't got to that point yet with the play date. I always want to just like mess around with something way breezy. Yeah, I, I think um, that this, I again, I like the core concept. I just think it would be, be better in like a... Um, like kind of like a context of like papers, please almost where you have like enough screen mm-hmm. real estate to like, kind of like move yeah. the stuff around. So you're not just like always going yeah. in between like screens and stuff. Yeah. Cause like, I think like if you could have like your demon book open and the yearbook open on like the same screen, mm-hmm. then it would be, I feel like a lot less frustrating than kind of like, you know, always switching back and forth between these like pages of text that I don't know. It's yeah. Yeah. A cool concept though. It just, I don't know. It's just not, not vibing for me. I had a thought. Um, could you run the Playdate simulator on a Steam Deck and therefore place Playdate games on the Steam Deck? Maybe. I feel I like that should work. Could probably do it inside the web browser, right? Yeah. Chrome on um, on Steam Deck. Uh, actually, I don't know if the simulator works in the browser or not. I think you have to download oh, the SDK and all that stuff. Oh, I, think I was thinking of like their, app. their pulp thing. That you, you pulp know. you could probably run on the Steam Deck. I don't know. But you... you uh, I feel like Proton is strong enough too that if there is just a Windows app or something, Windows Mac app, there's not like a Linux version of the simulator. Yeah. There might be. I haven't looked, but I had that thought the other day where I was like, oh, if I had my Steam Deck, I think I'd try this. So there's your task for the weekend if you get bored. See if you can run Playdate Simulator on oh, Steam Deck. I, I, <laughs> that would answer a lot of or solve a lot of problems that we have with Playdate. I can absolutely promise I will not be uh, that bored. But um, oh, no. come on. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Okay. So yeah, Demon Quest, I don't know. I wish I liked it more than I do. Uh, seems like yeah. a cool concept. Um, oh, Maze, I don't know. I just, I, I like the games that like do like kind of like more clever stuff with the crank, I think. And like this yeah. one is basically just a game that you could play with the D-pad just as easily as you can play with the crank, more or less. You kind know? of, yeah. So you're kind of like moving a ball around these different um, different other kind of like circular things that, mm-hmm. um, you know, and trying to get to a, um, you know, the, the end of the level, I guess. I don't know. It's a little too kind of like one dimensional to yeah. me, I guess, which I, I realize is kind of goofy considering I just like said, I didn't like Demon <laughs> Quest because it was too complicated, but I don't know. I definitely feel like there's like a good, like happy medium for this. Right. I thought with this game, I was like, that's kind of clever, but I don't think it's fun. Like I'm not yeah. having fun playing it. It reminds like, me of like early iPhone games where people are like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you can, this thing has tilt. So like, let's make something with tilt. What makes sense with yeah. tilt? I don't know. Rolling the ball yeah. around. Okay, cool. Yeah. You know, and it was like kind of developed backwards in that yeah. it like, wasn't like someone had a really good game idea and it was like, oh shit, this is actually really cool with this thing. It was yeah. more like, oh, we have this thing. Like, how do we make yeah. something that's gaming? I was thinking with this game, it made me think of the um, elevator game. I forget what it's called that we played a, a few weeks ago oh, that the, we the both penguin, were like initially game. turned off to, but then yeah. decided it's really fun. Um, I was thinking with the game, like maybe that flipper point opens lifter. up. Yeah, flipper lift. I mean, this is, I've definitely played this enough that it's gotten pretty complicated. I mean, they do introduce like a lot of different kind of like puzzle mechanics and stuff too. It's just like... Because I, I think, think there's a... If, if there's like a reason for the granularity of the crank, because that's what it offers you that you can't even get with like something like a D-pad, right? Yeah. That really fine 
touch. Um, if it never really gets to that point where you need to use that, well, then it does. Right. <laughs> you could play it with a D-pad instead, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, probably not my favorite game, but um, probably one I could try a little harder to see. But you said you've gotten pretty far and not much changes. No, no. I mean, you get, you get, you definitely get other puzzle mechanics. Just a matter of kind of like, yeah. I, I don't know. None of them are really is it fun or not blowing my hair back or anything, right? <laughs> yeah. So Hi- Hyper Meteor is one of this week's releases, and it um, it's kind of like Astro- Asteroids uh, mm-hmm. on Playdate with some kind of fun little twists. Um, and that like you don't shoot instead you just kind of like ram into stuff uh-huh. um and it gets kind of complicated with regards to like some a lot of the rocks or whatever that you can run into you can only hit them from like one side yeah so that um that's a lot of strategy that, that kind of goes into it i mean it's a fairly simple game what um what made uh my performance in it way better was kind of like uh, a lot like asteroids, you go off one side of the screen and you start on one side of the other. Um, yeah, screen wrapping. So, so once you kind of like, so when you start playing it, or at least when I started playing it, like I wasn't taking advantage of any of the screen wrap stuff. I was just kind of like yeah. doing circles around in the middle, and that was sort of like limiting my overall performance. Yeah. Um, when like once you start treating the whole thing as like a giant screen rappy sort of experience like it gets yeah. um it gets a lot better i agree so this is kind of you know um, a fun little arcade game sort of thing that um you know fairly at least of what i've played so far i mean i'm not good enough yeah. to get super you know be able to play for more than like a couple minutes at a time but i do like what you know what i have played in it and you know it's a, a pretty yeah i really like this game, game and i, I you know, related to my comments on the previous game, I don't think the crank is necessary for this game, but I think it makes it more fun. Yeah. I, th- I would liken it to a racing game that you can play with a controller or you can play with a steering wheel. Mm-hmm. Like a steering wheel is definitely more fun. Um, this feels like it's fun because of the crank to control the ship. And um, to me too, like the thrusting and stuff being on the D-pad and the crank being on the other side, um, I guess if you're a lefty, you can flip it over and have it not be that way. But that kind of like is opposite of what you'd normally expect from a game too. Normally you control your direction with a D-pad and thrust with the buttons on the other side. So that being backwards is kind of fun to me too. Um, in, in like a new challenging way, I guess. So yeah. I like this game a lot. I think this is a really good game. So what do you think of Zipper by Bennett Foddy? Because like, I don't know if I just like don't understand how this works or what. But it's I, like- I don't understand how it works. Um I don't. It, I was so confused when it first came on, and I've never given it the time to figure out what's going on. Because it's like, but I can, feel like because it's Bennett Foddy, it's got to have something clever going on, right? Yeah, like I just like it. Like, really doesn't explain anything to you. Just kind of like throws no. you in. It's like, okay, here's here's what you do. So it's like a isometric kind of like grid based thing where you can select how many squares in front of you you want to zip, and. um but I always seem to never choose the right amount of squares, and I don't know why. Yeah, see, but I, I, you know, I haven't been able to figure out like if because like cranking doesn't seem like it really does anything. I'm not even sure if it uses the crank. Yeah, um, like pressing the other buttons don't really seem to do anything. It's like you can, yeah, like I, it seems like you want to be able to like zip in like a like an S shape to like get into where you need to be in position for the other guy. 
Yeah. So like, it seems like ideally it's like you create a path and then like you zip forward and then you swing your samurai sword as part of that and kill whatever is in your path. But mm-hmm. I just like, don't understand uh, how that's supposed to work because it seems like you take your turn, like getting in line but you mm-hmm. need to, like these weird predictions of like not I don't understand how you're supposed to know like how far in advance the enemy samurai yeah. is gonna make it. And like it seems like the best that I've done in this is kind of just randomly guessing correctly. Yeah. And I just I don't understand the strategy. There doesn't seem to be any kind of like uh manual or anything like that. Um Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I've been meaning to go online and try and find out more about this game because I know there has to be something to it that I just am missing. But also, that's a problem if that's a if you need to go online to look up how to play a game. I I feel like it's something I would like if I knew what was going on. But yeah, I I kind of had to give up on that game because it was making me mad. Because well, you eventually get to a point where there's like two different samurais that you need to take yeah. out. But then you know, again, it like becomes like a double guessing game of like what they're going to do. And I, I just don't know if it's there's some like indicator that I don't know that is kind of yeah. showing me like what they're going to do or what they're, you know, kind of like you know, in Slay the Spire. There's like little icons mm-hmm. that show like the right. intention of the enemy, and that's kind of how you yeah. base your strategy off like okay, they, they're getting in position to attack, so let's, like, play armor yeah. cards or whatever. Or right. is this, like, I just, I don't understand what's happening, and it makes me frustrated. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I need to dedicate a little more time to figuring that one out. And if, it wouldn't surprise me if it's like, oh, this is all you need to do, you fucking idiot. Like, you know, Probably it's something simple and yeah. clever, given who made the game, but... So, but those are the four Playdate games that um, came out last two weeks. So, yeah, if uh, you have a Playdate and you've been playing these and want to offer any comments, you can email us at podcast.tetricade.com. Um, let us know as if you know what to do in that game, let us know. Yeah. Because, um, uh, yeah, been really quite pleased with putting more time into these games and actually, like, instead of just like, uh, I don't know when you when you want to review something and uh, you're kind of just going through the motions as opposed to like, I'm actually interested in this and want to learn more about it. Um, so, yeah. Sorry. Am I making you emoji yourself? Um, emojiing myself. I got to be real bad. So we'll just wrap this thing up. <laughs> thanks for listening to the secret playdate discussion. And thanks for listening to this week's episode. We'll be back with another episode of the Touch Arcade show next week. See ya.